Avast there. It be too late to alter course, mateys. Ye come seeking adventure in salty old podcasters, eh? Sure ye come to the proper place, but keep a weather eye open, mates, and hold on tight with both hands if you please. There'll be foul language ahead, and adult humor, and Davy Jones waiting for them what don't obey. Dead men tell now everybody and welcome to episode 76 of three sheets the mouse we're five average guys with a love for all things disney but tonight joining me are three guys who are in love with gay pally tim voulez-vous coucher avec moi c'est soi adam i just got lost i'm sorry i didn't expect all that (laughs) 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 what is happening (laughs) They're it's speaking in tongues. Stuff. I'm scared. A wee wee. And Trenton. Uh, I don't know. I could say fromage or menage a trois or uh, <laughs> croissant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> creme brulee. You know what? You know what? All three. All three of those phrases go right together. They're perfect. Just use them all at once. You get through. You get through. Phrases. You can at least say bonjour. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that doesn't sound fun, though. I think the most important part of that, though, is how do you say butter? Bill. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. Bill. B-U-E-R-R-E. Yeah. For real? Yeah, we had a For bunch real. of cookbooks <laughs> at the restaurant that I worked at that were only in French. Bill. I had a friend that had an eight, 1980s Thunderbird, and the, the shocks were shot on it, and it, it he always used to say it read like a tub of butter, so he called, he called it the Thunderbell. we're here to talk to you about disney parks disney booze and a little bit of debauchery in between so sit back relax grab that grand marnier slushy tonight and enjoy the adult side of disney with three sheets the mouse or you could grab the far superior limon slushy but you could you could i i like them both they're like children you can't go wrong picking either one true just so long as you do have the double shot surprise you guys tonight to say that I am not, I did not make a Grand Marnier slushie for the show. It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Pureeing ice and shit like that. Nah. Pureeing ice? I'm just gonna pour. (laughs) Is is that a correct term? Can you puree ice? Crushing it, yeah. Yeah, it turns into water. (laughs) He's he's going to the Adam cooking school, so yes, you can puree ice. (laughs) But I'm just going to pour a glass of Bordeaux, uh, 15 Bordeaux, Pavillon La Troye. It's really good. It's really good. Pavilion of the Tower. Uh, I love French wine. I 
have an affinity for all French wines. I don't know why. Uh, Chateau uh, Neuf de Pop is, is one of my favorites. The Raoult Clogo uh, blend is amazing. So I, I poured tonight a Bordeaux, which is uh, 50% Merlot, 25% Cab Franc, and 25% Cab Sauvignon, which is a great blend of wines. Because, you know, France. Yeah. It's a bucket list item to go to the French wineries. Yeah, when we were when we uh, spent three days in Paris, uh, wine is fucking dirt cheap there. It's like, they drink it like water. They, they do. And the best thing is you can go around and just grab a, a baguette and a bottle of wine and some cheese and go to the park at Leal uh, and just kind of hang out and drink your wine, eat your cheese, and eat your bread. That's where my grandmother used to have wine coming out of her kitchen faucet, not water. Mm-hmm. I, have a I was old enough question. to enjoy the wine when I was in France. What's up? Well, I just have a dumb question because, you know, there's different values, I guess, of wines. Is this, like, good French wine that there is very cheap or is it just, like, regular table wine? Just out of it's, it's Now, it, it would be classified as regular table wine, but let me tell you something. The quality of wine that gets brought over here as yeah. table French table it's wine is poor. Over there, it's it's like you can get a essentially what you would classify as a fifteen to twenty dollar bottle of wine here, maybe like seven euros, so like nine bucks. Is you get you're getting the same quality. It's so amazing. So, Tim, what are you drinking tonight? I have uh, the old standby Knob Creek single barrel. The, the drink that launched Three Sheets yeah. Nation. Single-handedly. <laughs> yeah. I actually think it did. I think we were probably drinking that when uh, when we came up with the idea. Yeah, because I, I had had it that, um, the previous that trip, trip yeah. down to Disney, right? Yep. Came back and we started talking Adam, about Adam, what do you time. got tonight? I'm basic white girling it. I have a vodka tonic. (laughs) (laughs) So basic. Well, the problem is, I actually start have to getting into some sort of shape besides round because there's races that I'm running in November that I haven't really started practicing for or training for. So yeah, we actually went and got fitted. Actually, fitted for shoes. Yeah, I saw Mm -hmm. that, Tim. You got you got fitted for your shoes this weekend. Yes, we actually found out that both Adam and I were wearing the wrong shoes. Shocker. Yeah. Well, the better part is, I was wearing a size too small on top of that. I was, my, mine was a full size and a half too small. <laughs> Good Jeez. Squishing those toes in there, man. Well, Pretty it's much. weird because when I bought them, I tried the uh, 11s and they felt too big. So I went to the 10 and a half. But when I got fitted today, well, yesterday, um, she told me I was an 11 and a half. She actually had to measure me twice because my right foot is actually almost a half a size bigger than my this left. It can get really super boring about our running shoe experience. Yeah. <laughs> so if somebody's really interested, we can probably talk about it on a different episode about Run Disney. But uh, No, but you could also go over to Three Sheets of the Finish Line and check out uh, the post about it. Yeah, so so Trenton, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking a Yingling. Have you rated Dad's Liquor Cabinet? No, no. Um, does he check the Does he check though. the bottle levels? <laughs> now he's looking. Well, at there's it, a brand yeah. new bottle of Glen of it 18 in there. Yeah, I probably won't do that. I try to not drink too much of his liquor when we stay here. 
just because. <laughs> it's bad, bad, bad. The keyword, the there, keyword is try. There's some Macallan 18 in the decanter over there, though. Ooh. Uh, I just refill yeah. it with carbon it's like, water. It's like it's like calling him like Alice. Drink me, drink Dude, me. Dude, it's mm -hmm. it's staring me right in the. I can see it from here. It's just like the only thing in the room. <laughs> but he's got tunnel vision. Um, nope, just just a Yingling for me tonight, for now. No strawberry blonde lager beer ale. Strawberry no. vodka. I drank I drank craft beer yesterday. I just stick with the cheaper shit today. Which I had a mango. Indian Pale Ale from Palmetto Brewing, which is a local brewery, and it was really bad. Uh, I'm with I'm with Paul Levesque. Speaking of French things, uh, I'm with Paul Levesque. Don't fruit the beer. I mean, it works out. You say that, but you drink Hyalai like it's water. Yeah, I know. It's good though. <laughs> it's very that it's a very good. fine line. Yeah, it's not overly fruity. Though. Well, this didn't have any fruit flavor. It just tastes right. like IPA. That Sea Dog, Sea Dog Brew, or is it Salty Dog or Sea Dog Brewing Company? The one in Salty Orlando, dog, isn't it? Salty Dog. Salty Dog had a blueberry pale ale, a blueberry IPA, which tasted like fucking juice. It was terrible. Yeah, I haven't found the blueberry awful. beer that tastes good. I got sick off that beer called. There's Wild a ton Blue of it here in Jersey. It poured. Yep. It pours I've deep purple, and it's eight percent alcohol. And I drank six of them. I thought I was gonna die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like 54% alcohol. Yeah, right? I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> Tim, it's, Tim, it's science, okay? It's just science. <laughs> it's math, Tim. It's math. I don't know how you do math. So tonight, uh, tonight, if you can't tell, uh, we have we have a little French theme to it because uh, once again, we are continuing with our uh, Ultimate World Showcase and going land by land in the World Showcase uh Around the World Showcase Lagoon, and as we left, uh, left off with the UK, we're going to go ahead and cross that bridge over to uh, the uh, more surrendering neighbor, uh, <laughs> France. Sorry. <laughs> there goes our French listeners. <laughs> Napoleon, come back. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Ultimate Epcot. All of us at Three Sheets to the Mouse are glad to have you with us as we go through land by land, pavilion by pavilion, and choose the greatest and best of all Epcot. And now, for the safety of those around you, we ask that you grab your drink, walk slowly to the person next to you, and toast them. Welcome to Ultimate Epcot. So as you as you enter the the French Pavilion, is a is an opening day opening day pavilion in Epcot. Opened on October first, nineteen eighty two. Uh, I was a grand five months old. God, you're old. But the France Pavilion at Epcot was meant to capture probably one of the best times in Paris, and that's springtime. 
the the theme of this of this pavilion is uh, springtime in Paris during the Belle Époque, which is the beautiful era, and that's around roughly around like 1870 to 1914, like just before World War One, uh, but right after the uh, the Enlightenment. So it was a time of where um, where so much was going on in Paris. They had the Exposition of Paris. They had uh, some of the finest inventors, creators, uh, Gustave Eiffel, uh, Jules Verne. I mean, this was a wonderful time in Paris. So the Imagineers decided to recreate this by having almost a perpetual springtime. You'll always see flowers there. Uh, the trees are pruned just so that they look like, while they're while they're n- not French trees because they're not like native to uh, to France because they wouldn't last in the Florida heat. Uh, they're pruned just so that they look like you're walking through uh, Paris in 1870. Uh, so as you as you cross that metallic bridge in Paris, uh, that is the that is a, a recreation of the Pont du Art, which is the bridge that, that crosses the Seine from uh, from I guess the the north arrondissement of Paris across to the uh, to the Louvre. So it's the the, the Louvre is actually on an island in Paris, uh, along with the Cathedral de Notre Dame. And you cross this bridge, and this bridge has uh, those. Over in Paris, they have those like locks on the bridge where you like you're supposed to the lock your love to someone oh. in the city. Uh, so this is a recreation of that bridge. It's it is beautiful. It, it kind of idealizes that Art Nouveau style of Paris. Yeah, just don't watch um, illuminations from that bridge. No, no, it's it's you get covered, no, in, it's, it's, you get covered in soot, and it's crowded. Yeah, everyone crowded. thinks that's the best place to watch it, so they all flock there. Mm-hmm. It's a decent, it's a decent place, place to, watch to, to watch it, but to get covered in fucking soot and pieces of firework falling and firework in the shrapnel. Skull. Yeah. Uh, so along the sides of the river, and, and again, you know, the the main river that runs through Paris, the Seine, is represented here by the canals that take you to uh, Crescent Lake through World Showcase Lagoon. And you see on the banks of these rivers, easels, canvas, impressionist paintings of international gateway propped against the wall. Because in Paris, as you can actually go down right on the Seine, right up to the banks of the river where these where these canals are. And sit down there and, and have a glass of wine, have a bottle of wine on the, on the side of the Seine. And it's absolutely stunning. Absolutely stunning attention to detail that Disney did here. Have you guys ever noticed them? Mm-hmm. I've I've just never been to Paris, so I or France for that matter. So I have nothing really except for pictures that I've seen to compare it to. So speaking of pictures, uh, one of the most famous paintings of Paris is uh, the Sunday afternoon on the island of La Grande Jatte by Seurat. The 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 famous painting by George Seurat. You know what I'm talking about? I do. On the banks of this river, on the banks of it, as you're walking across the bridge, look over to the right side of the France Pavilion. You'll see this like grassy bank that ends in like a concrete barrier right along the river, and that is that park is supposed to be themed like the the painting. So the the Imagineers did that specifically to recreate that side of the painting. So if there were people there, they could uh, reenact it. That's cool. So as you walk through the streets of the pavilion, they're lined with cobblestones. The typical romantic French background music is playing, and it just provides this this ambiance like you're walking through the streets of Paris. It really 
does a wonderful design, wonderful transportation of the guest into into. You know, the one Paris. thing that bothers me with this is when you cross over this bridge is that they put the food and wine booth right there in the way. And that line goes, like, it crosses over where you're walking into France. And you have to, like, ask people, excuse me, to, like, you have to walk through the people standing in line to get into the pavilion. The last yeah, few times we've been to Food and Wine, the line for the French booth wasn't that long. Dude, when we were there, it was across, like, the walkway, and you had to, like, barge through the line to get into, like, the middle of the pavilion. Well, that's a that's a, a trick, though, also. If you are if you know, you go on the other side, they usually have two lines for the pavilion. Because it's usually one of the more crowded ones just because of the drink offerings. Oh, there's two different windows. If you go on the other side... Yeah, if you go on the other side, there's another line of cashiers yeah, that are actually in closer to the pavilion side. I did not know mm-hmm. that. Another side to it. Yeah. Yes. Um, so the one thing everybody notices about the French pavilion is, of course, the Eiffel Tower. Um, now the original Eiffel Tower was built in 1889 for the World's Fair. Disney actually utilized the original blueprints and drawings of the engineer Gustave Eiffel, who not only designed this, but also designed the framework for the Statue of Liberty. And because it's probably the most famous landmark in Paris, they decided to recreate it here. And what you see is actually a scaled replica, one, a one-tenth scaled replica. So it's actually about 100 feet tall. The actual tower itself is only 69 feet tall, but because it's actually resting on top of a 30-foot, 34-foot tall building, it seems bigger than it really is. Oh, yeah. The, the old uh, Disney... Um yeah, the forced perspective. Mm-hmm. Now, you notice today, if you if you look at the Eiffel Tower, it's kind of brownish, blackish, you know, as it's kind of aged over the years. Uh, the Eiffel Tower in Disney is actually more tan and pinkish because that's originally what the color of the Eiffel Tower was. Hmm. And as weather and time have, have changed the composition of the metal, sort of like the Statue of Liberty was not really green. Yeah. It was copper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, do you remember, in, I think it was the... Uh late 80s, early 90s when they refurbished her and she was copper for like a week. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and she turned back to green. And then that salty, salty New York, New York air. Water. Yeah. The harbor. Um, so as as you go through uh, through the pavilion, uh, there's these uh, there's these little streets, these little uh, windy, uh, windy roads that you would find, these cobblestone streets of Paris that have these disjointed buildings very similar to what you would find in, like, Montmartre or uh, Sacre Coeur. They're wonderfully themed. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about some of the shops, some of the things to do in the in the pavilion. So let's, uh, let's start with some shopping, because there's a ton of shopping to do in Paris, in both Paris, France, and Paris, Orlando. Yeah, the, <laughs> the one shop that I think most people who listen to this podcast be interested in is the... La Maison du Vin, uh, which is the wine shop, right? So this, this, yeah, this building actually has three names to it. So if you enter on one side, it's Le Vin de France. If you enter on the, the south side of it, or actually the north side of it, it is La Maison du Vin. And then if you enter on the west side of it, it is Au Vin de France. Oh, okay. So I've actually never shopped here. There are actually three. Oh, yeah. This is a place we always go. Um... 
I want to say when we were there last time, you picked up a bottle of a bottle of two. I don't remember if it was one or two, but I remember you picked up a bottle of wine. There. We usually buy bottles to bring back to the room because, uh, you know, like Tim and I said when we first talked about it on the show, on our uh, on our trip recap back on episode thirteen A and B, this is a place where you don't find a huge markup in the wine. Like you can, if you want champagne, you can get a bottle of Vauve at your regular grocery store for somewhere in the $35, $36 range. Here, it's maybe like 45 bucks, Maybe 40 No, it's about, it's about 45 locally, too. For Is us it? here, yeah. Yeah, yeah why okay, not? So, yeah, it's really not that much of a markup. Well, around New Year's, it's about 15 Now, you can sample wine here? Is that right? Yes, you no, can. I mean, I'm, I'm not... That's not really my, my cup of tea normally or my cup of wine. Um, but I'm sure you guys have done it. Um... <laughs> But it's not free, I don't think. No, no. Uh, there's actually a uh, a new program they've had going on for the last couple of years called the uh, the walk the uh, the wine walk around World Showcase Lagoon. Um, and here you can pick up a wine passport for thirty two dollars. You'll get an acrylic souvenir wine glass, which they'll fill at the uh, at the uh, the Lavande de France. And then you will get six pours, two at each location. So you get two pours at Lavande de France. Two pours at La Bottega Italia, and then two pours at the Weinkeller, which is, um, which is the one we talked about in the Germany Pavilion. So you can sample two different wines at three different countries. Now this shop in France with the wine—that's where you're also getting your Parisian chocolate, um, like snack, like little snacks and stuff. Um, yeah, yeah this is like your—what's uh, the one in? in England or the UK that you can you know we can get all your your biscuits and stuff there this is this is the the French the tea, version of that yeah the tea cat. yeah this is the French version of that yeah. all your imported goods. all the stuff you can get at world market for $10 cheaper <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, but they have they have some really good uh, prepackaged goods like they have um, obviously they they do have like you know French mustard Dijon mustard there, uh, packaged under their own name, but they have a beer confit, which is like a beer spread for uh, like something to go with like beer and huh. cheese. Yeah, it it's tasty. Um, all right, I guess we'll move on to the next one, which is souvenirs de France, which is just going to be your stereotypical, you know, little Eiffel towers, you know, your French pavilion T-shirts, uh, berets. Stuff like that. I mean, it's this is the yeah. I would say this is like the the one stereotypical like get all your you know. It's like going into New York and getting your I love New York. T-shirt. Yeah, like that. That's exactly. exactly what I was trying to get at. It's it's your this is your souvenir, so people know that you did something that involved French things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is uh, it, when when I tell you this is exactly the same shit you're gonna buy in Paris. It is everything that you will buy in Paris. Like, when you go to the Eiffel Tower, there's about, oh, 150 Algerians selling those little Eiffel Towers on the street. That's what I think of. So, Paris is just like New York. (laughs) Oh, very much so. Very much so. Uh, Counterfeit handbags. uh, Knockoff sunglasses. uh, Knockoff sunglasses, yes. Um, So, that's, I mean... If, if you're looking to get your, your French t-shirt or your, you know, I'm sure they have shirts with Remy and stuff on it in this shop. Once again, never been in this shop. Um, we don't spend a lot of time. You know, I was just telling the guys before we started recording is I spend a lot of time in 
in France always eating and getting, you know, drinks and stuff. But I never, I've never actually shopped in here, um, just because it's not my not my style. Now, but the cool the cool thing is um, this is uh, this is the the inside of the of the shop is actually uh, designed after the uh, the Chatelet Leal, which is a big open area market in or, or like high high ceiling market in Paris. Now this um, isn't the place with all the perfume. No, no, no. no. This okay. is the this is the one connected to uh, Leal Boulangerie and Pâtisserie. Uh, I can't stand French perfume. The ones the the colognes and perfumes is at. I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, Plume et Palette? Palais? Yeah, um, no, you got it. Plume et Palais. That's, that's where you're getting your perfumes, your colognes, um, your beauty products. It's not the, the same one. That's Gourlain? Gourlain? Gourlain. Now, that's the one that's got the it's, cosmetics no. and stuff. Isn't that yes. a brand, though, too? Yeah. Yes, Gourlain is a French um, cosmetic brand. Uh, that's, that's at La Signature. Which is adjacent to Plume et Palais. Uh, I mean, they they all kind of mix together because they're they you know they run into the same building, uh, but they're they're both very unique shops. They both have this. This is the this is the Parisian Art Nouveau style. So if you if you look at the building and you see these like those what you think of fonts and Mikey would uh, drool over this, but the Parisian font uh, that you see on the uh, the metro stations, which says like Metropolitan and um, like the the name of the station, these this is the Art Nouveau style. It is, it is quintessential Paris. Yeah, I'm not a big. Uh, I mean, I but I, I, this is once again not my style. I mean, it, I mean, look. If let me tell you something, in Paris, the people need perfumes and colognes because they don't God. use deodorant. I'm I'm rough around the I edges. Thought that was just a rumor. Oh no. Oh no no, it is not a it's not a myth, it is not a stereotype. It is fact based in reality. It must be lovely. In well the normally summer. it's not that bad, remember, but then a couple uh, years ago they had yeah. that really horrible. That's why everybody summer. talks about going to Paris in the spring and not the summer. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I've ever I've I've been inside uh Plume et Palais and La Signature, but I I've never bought anything. Yeah, I, I don't know if I would be I just don't picture myself or I don't know how anybody or why anybody would go to a shop in Disney and like, you know what, I'm going to buy my perfumer cologne here. Because I'm sure it's not marked up at all. You can't get it elsewhere. Oh, no. Well, I wonder, I, I wonder because one thing I found uh, throughout my travels is that cosmetics don't usually have too much of a markup. They're kind of a market price I'm just not buying a, 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 a tube so of fucking lotion that's going to explode my bag on the way home. Well, I'm, I mean, the only thing I could say is that because, I mean, if you look at like, because I know I I was looking for a cologne because I left mine at home. Well, that makes more sense, but and, well, that would be, yeah. And um, the Italy prices were very similar to like our local Sephora. So I can't. I mean, I'm not very big in the French sense, but but I used to wear like a lot of the Italian scents. And they were very similar in price really? a lot of the time. I mean, the only ones I've ever looked up elsewhere. Yeah, yeah it really wasn't that much of a The only ones I've ever looked up elsewhere were the Norway ones, and you can get them much cheaper online. Yeah. The Italy <laughs> ones for, are But for some reason, marked up too, Italy ones are closed, but the Norway store itself oh seems God. to be yeah. overpriced, overpriced in yeah. general. Oh the only, yeah. Uh, but, 
But Plum uh, Plume Palais is uh, is all Givenchy. It's entirely dominated by Givenchy and and their their line. So uh, if you like Givenchy, I'm yeah, it's okay. Since you can also find me. Chanel Escada, Givenchy, Lacoste, whatever. Givenchy. Givenchy. <laughs> he literally just said the word. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all part of the Givenchy oh, brand. That's not yes. how this word. If you're looking at the spelling of this fucking word, it doesn't sound like that. All right. <laughs> this word welcome, doesn't sound like that. <laughs> welcome to the French language. Um, Nothing sounds the way it looks. Two nope. more: the Jin Jin Pato Patou and Anik Goutal. So they're two Parisian perfume perfumers. Is that a, that's a job. Yes. Mix smelly shit together and people spray it on themselves. That just seems like a weird. Oh job. yeah. I don't know. So, uh, wonderful shops here. Wonderful uh, theme to each one of them. And the the beauty of it is, uh, obviously, Paris has a, a wide variety of ar- architecture. Anything anywhere from the uh, mansard roofs that you see on the the building itself the those curved the kind of the curved roof that goes around the building and all, down yeah. the side that's called a mansard roof it's uh it, you know those are it's everything is now i didn't know if you wanted Paris. to talk about the little there's a little uh, where they can do the the silhouette cutouts of your like your head yeah so so as you as you exit the pavilion and as you're walking around the the riverfront of it you see these little carts. They're, they're, they're boxes that are built into the wall, and they open up. And these are identical to the same boxes along the same, where people will open these up, and they will have books. They will have art, magazines, just random stuff that people sell for their, li- for their livelihood. And it's a wonderful place to go in, in the real Paris, to go and kind of find you know old books, find... Uh, trinkets to bring back home. Now these, the ones in Disney, don't actually sell anything, but they're there for decoration. But they do open and close, just like the ones they, in um, Paris. Yeah, those are popular. But also, but also you can take a little those, artwork those, home. Those head cutouts to the the silhouettes, those are very popular. And I might just be my area, but Southern people love those fucking things. I mean, I'm looking right now. Steph's mom's had them done of Stephanie and her two sisters probably four or five times just in France. And they're like all hanging on the wall right here. We have one for Ethan when he was two, and when we go back, he'll be four. We're probably gonna get one every time, every few years we go back, and line them next to each other because it's a wonderful souvenir. It's only fifteen dollars for the the cutout itself, and then another ten for the frame that oh, goes yeah, with it. You get two cutouts. It's better than those caricatures. It's twenty-five bucks. Yeah, it's way better than the caricatures. It's twenty five bucks for two cutouts. It's a, it's a great deal. Um, that's really. I mean, then there's the little so, cart next to it that sells like you know, the Parisian umbrellas and shit like that. But that's just all. That's some more, more parasols. trinkety shit. That I don't know. I'm not a trinket guy. I'm not a guy that's gonna pack my book bag full of shit that I bought that's probably gonna break while I walk around. <laughs> no. But as you're walking around, there's some wonderful food and drink to get in the in the uh, French Pavilion. Uh, let's start with we're going to start with the quick service because great food, great drinks. So, and Tim, where do you want to start first? We'll start with the smaller uh, quick service. There's really not much of it. It's more dessert. 
the quick start with that's um, Martisan de Glace. And that's French ice cream sorbets. They have, which recently they're famous for their croque glace, which is the brioche bun Ugh. with the ice cream in the middle. Yes. Yeah, I've heard mixed things about it. I've that. had this. I've had this. You've never tried it. And your thoughts? Um, I've had it once. I'm never going to have it again. It's, it's, it's weird. So it's supposed to be an ice cream sandwich, but the bread isn't sweet. It's like buttery. It's a brioche brioche, bun. Yeah, it's buttery, savory bread. Yeah, and then you get into the ice cream, and it's cool and sweet. And it just for me, it just doesn't jive. Yeah, it's super weird. I mean, they they also have a a, an ice cream sandwich made with a macaron, which I think that might be a little better. But this might be better. We have never tried that, but I do. I, we've never gone here, but I do want to try it because you can get an ice cream martini. Uh, and it's yes, you two can. Two scoops of ice cream with a shot of Grand Marnier with either whipped cream, vodka, or rum. Hmm. This could be very dangerous. Could be very dangerous. Huh. I I'm not one for flavored vodka, but I think the the whipped cream rum or the whipped cream vodka would probably be better than the rum. I don't know. It depends on what flavor ice cream you have because the rum is is in the Grand Marnier slushy. So if you get the right kind yeah. of ice cream, it would taste like the Grand Marnier slushy just with ice cream. If you get vanilla, I think the whipped cream would be better. But if you get like ooh, if you got raspberry ice cream or raspberry sorbet. Well, I'm looking at the list of ice cream they don't offer a raspberry. Oh damn it! The closest thing is would be a mixed berry. Hmm. Mixed berry with rum would be really good too. That, that would be good. like a dark mm. rum. I don't know. Yeah. Anything like mango tropical there? Uh, yeah, they got mango sorbet. They've got a strawberry sorbet. They've got lemon, cinnamon with uh, caramelized pecan ice cream. Oh Ooh. my god! I just want that <laughs> milk. Yeah, I just want the ice cream. Milk chocolate and orange ice cream. Time. I want to try a, that. A, a pecan. Oh yes. Pecan. I, I think we. You mean pecan? No, pecan is is what you take. A All right. All right, Brant. <laughs> I just had this conversation with him thirty minutes ago. He said this. Well, you're from the south, and you don't know how to say pecan, like pecan properly. Pecan. He's from South Carolina. I, he, he looks, looks like, like he's I from live the behind south. a dumpster, but that's not has nothing to do with what, <laughs> how I talk. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this it, the, the the ice cream here is good. The uh, pass on the ice cream sandwich. That's my advice. Or yeah, you know I, what? I, Make the mistake, try it once, and you'll never want it again. We've never had the urge to try it. I mean, we've heard horror stories of people trying it. it. Wasn't good. The ice cream is melting all over the place. The bread texture and taste doesn't match the ice cream. It's it doesn't. Andrew and I both got one. It was not good. You see, but we've had this at our local Vietnamese restaurant. But what they do is they put it on the Hawaiian rolls, the sweet rolls, oh, sweet see, that's rolls. Different. That's a sweet with yeah. chocolate drizzle and it, and with coconut ice cream. It was really yeah. good. We can get coconut ice cream, that's... chocolate ice cream, or um, there was another flavor, but I forgot what it was. Because that's essentially the bread, almost like the bread pudding, yeah, mm-hmm. with ice cream. Mm-hmm. Sweet I bread, yes. Savory, buttery bread, no. King's Hawaiian. So the only other quick service um, is Le Old Boulangerie Patisserie. And that is... It used to be just a Boulangerie Patisserie. Uh, when they split up, they made it smaller and they created the ice cream shop. They changed it to Le Old 
boulangerie modeled after the famous La Halle in Paris that was there until 1971. Yes. And in this shop, you can get your standard baguettes, um, macarons, sandwiches, you know, your ham sandwiches. You can get um, vichyssoise, all kinds of cheeses. You can get um, eclairs, creme brulee, mousse, and they serve alcohol. Yes, they do at 9.30 in the morning. Yes. Yep, they open in early, 9 o'clock, 9.30 in the morning. You get mosa, you can get all kinds of wines, uh, champagne, Cronenberg. Cronenberg's mm, good. We actually came here. You have to go and get the um, pack of macarons. The it's basically a box everything from like chocolate, yeah, uh, lime, strawberry, raspberry. Yeah, I believe you can you can mix and match and get your own collection. It's like ten thirty three. I don't remember how many you get for mm-hmm. it. I think it's somewhere between six or eight. Yeah, it's like I want to say six. They're sweet, but not, not overly, overly sugared. And one of them was super yeah, sweet. The, I don't I remember which one it was, but one I really didn't like. I, I think the lime one or the lemon and one. And they also have giant macarons. Which those were awesome. awesome. With the raspberries the raspberry in it. Cream, the jelly inside. Oh, so good. I'm not a sweet mm-hmm. guy, man. This is probably another reason I never venture back here. I just. But they have they have savory stuff. I mean, like, they said they have yeah the, the quiche Lorraine. Adam's uh, ham and cheese croissant that comes from here right Adam? yeah the jambon yes. fromage mm-hmm. yeah that doesn't that doesn't sound bad oh no it's it's delicious is it picky? it's mm, a typical it's a like french sandwich it's yeah. a, it's a it's croissant a it's yeah, yeah. Just about the size of one that you would get from like dunkin donuts for that price you were talking about last week or the week before just i don't know have you shopped at dunkin donuts lately no well, it's I mean, about and the same price. <laughs> I mean, you're not that far off. It's, it's four seventy-five here, so it's not. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was like eleven dollars. No. no, 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 no. It's no. four and change. Oh, Actually, okay. the the most expensive thing they have is the chicken breast. Oh, I'm sorry, no, it's the uh, the blue cheese salad is. No, oh, gross. Nine fifty. Well, the crust, the macarons can get kind of expensive too if you get the big box. Well, I'm talking about like food, food, and the entrees. Oh. What they have listed as entrees. Well, they also have soup. Yeah, they have soup. They have your vichyssoise. They have lobster so bisque. Good. You can just get a baguette. Mm-hmm. Which a baguette and a nice lobster bisque. That sounds I like a love meal to me. bread. Oh, uh, that is that is a damn good meal. You can, Dip that bread in the lobster bisque. And they bake it fresh. Mm-hmm. You can get quiche florentine, a croque monsieur, a cheese platter. I mean, they, you can get an any amazing array of things. So one of the things they have here that I want to talk about that is authentic to Paris itself as well is the, the baguette sandwiches, the jambon mm-hmm. uh, sandwiches. These are all over the place. And l- let me tell you, in the three days that I was in Paris, I probably had like six of these. They are amazing. They come with this, like, a beurre blanc sauce, and then they spread uh, brie cheese in there, and then they put Swiss cheese in ham. It is to die for. I love baguettes. I love, I like brie. I like brie, too. brie cheese is the best. I gotta be in the mood for brie. See, I have to have brie if I have, like, sour, like, green apples with it. Well, that's funny, well, they have because a brie they make... Pump. Yeah. Yeah. 
They make an apple and brie sandwich. Yeah, brie, I just don't think about him and cheese sandwich with brie. On a multigrain baguette. So, that sounds better. You should uh, come here and check it out. You should give it a try. Give it a try in, no- in September or November when you go. I'll have to. I'll give it a shot. I'll give it a shot. It, you know what? It's a look. You like a good quick service lunch, right? I do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. This is this is a this is a very good quick service lunch. It sounds really fancy for quick service. It's really not. It's 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 really not a typical French bakery. That's patisserie. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. just you know you walk in a country bakery. You walk in and I don't know, this whole pavilion. All the research just makes me feel like it's just so fucking. It's like the fancy. Oh, it's the no, bouge. It's, it's the fucking. Well, it's. It's the language, I think. I don't think it's anything... But when you really break it down to what we're talking about in the food, if you you broke it down in English terms, you wouldn't find this fancy. No, yeah, it's the language. Ham and cheese on a croissant is not fancy. It's the aura of France. Yeah, they get a bum rap for being snooty and uppity. Absolutely. I I always say the French are like... A soft-boiled egg. There's a shell. You crack that shell, and there's this really rich, sweet, soft inside to it. And they are wonderful people once you get to know them. Sweet. And if you you ever wanted to test your French, if you wanted to learn the language and test it out, this pavilion is the best place to do it because they will not mock you. They will not laugh at you. They will actually help you. Yeah, they are... The, the 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 cast members at the France Pavilion are some of the most genuine people you will find, and they are wonderful to to help you out. If you if you see a name tag, like I saw a name tag that said uh, that some someone's from was from Marseille, and I said, "Hey, my grandmother lived in, my great grandmother lived in Marseille," and they're like, "Oh, really? Well, you, let me tell you a little bit about it." And they tell you about their their city. They tell you about uh, their wonderful city, Lyon. Or Olymp, or um, you know Brittany. I mean, they, they they tell you about themselves, about their country. It's they're I pretty don't know amazing. If I've ever spent that much time talking to a cast member in France. You should do it. You should. They're wonderful people. I spend too much time in the pub. <laughs> I don't have time for France by the time. I think about going over there. I'm already shithoused from fucking drinking as, Guinness as, at the pub. As a true Brit would say. <laughs> See, that's that's the opposite. We get shithoused in France. And then work yeah. our way around every, every place else. We've we've wine tasted in the uh, Le, Vent de Fran- uh, Le Vent de France, and it is just it's a great time. You sit there, and they teach you about French wines. They teach you about uh, the different styles, the different grapes, the different regions. Because every, look, Bordeaux is different from Bergerac. Is different from Champagne. Is different from Lyon. It's a it is a different from the Rhone. So uh, it's not. Just, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's not just like your average tasting where they just plop three three samples in front of you and there you go. It could be. It could oh, be. Okay. But if you ask, if well, you engage them, if yeah. you just go there and say, I want this, this, and this, and you don't talk to the cast member, they'll pour it and they'll say, Well, okay, that's just like with anything. Like when we went to the bourbon tasting, there were other tables that didn't ask the uh, our instructors anything. So they didn't really learn anything. We were constantly talking to Bree, constantly asking her questions, and she stayed at our table mm-hmm. and... We learned a, a ton. So it's, no, I'm just asking. Yeah, you know, if we go to our typical restaurant and they have a taste, they're not really, unless it's a brew house or something, they're really not going to sit with you and discuss what the The server is just the server. They're not necessarily going to know what exactly they're serving. Here they're actually educated. It's like getting a flight. 
at food yeah. and wine. They just give it to you and say, here you go, here's a card. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah, there's a card, read it. I mean, it's a little different because I think that, that's what the essence and the epitome of all the, the pavilions were for. It was to teach people about each country and, and what each country has to offer. And not just to have them come in and be there, but right. to come in there and learn from people from there. And then Frozen happened. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, we're going to get Ratatouille, so that's going to ruin it, too. <laughs> yeah, but at least Ratatouille was in France. Well, yeah. Frozen was in Paris. Fucking country. Oh, get me started. Arendelle doesn't exist on a map. No, it doesn't. Nope. So after after the Boulangerie Patisserie, there's only one place left to go. We're going to talk about a place where you can get one drink. The drink. Two drinks. And well, champagne. They drinks. sell there, too. They do sell champagne there. And Cronenberg. They, they sell Cronenberg there? I'm pretty sure. They or do, unless, unless it's the one that's right next to it. No, they do. They, they sell Cronenberg there. There's like three little booths out there all the time. Yeah. I can never tell what <laughs> yeah. sells what. Well, one, the other one is the crepe, the crepe booth. Mm-hmm. That's yes. what it is. This place. Amazing crepes. We've never had a crepe. And, and again, another thing that is also all over Paris are just these creperies that just pop up on the side of the street corner where you can get a crepe filled with anything from, you know, strawberries and bananas to, uh, do they have um, Nutella here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to turkey and cheese. Turkey and cheese crepe is highly underrated. I don't know. I'm always going to think of a crepe for for sweet. I've never had a savory crepe. Oh, I'm probably savory missing crepes out. Are the best cheese crepes. Cheese crepes are amazing. It's just like a burrito. No, come on. No, it's no, like a, a blintz. A blintz is like a burrito. <laughs> no, not really. This isn't really a burrito either. It's more that, yeah, that's got cream cheese. This. Yeah, it, but it's close though. <laughs> that's true. These are these are more like a quesadilla. A cheese crepe is more like a quesadilla. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the crepes here are amazing. Have you guys ever had any? No. Nope. I've heard different. I've heard mixed reviews on it, so I kind of avoided it. I'm not gonna lie. It's a good snack to to uh, to soak up some of the uh, alcohol from the other booth right next door, which is the Le Vent de Chef de France, yes, which is where you can get your slushies. Mm. Yeah, this mm, is slushies uh, again. This is this is a three sheets icon. Uh, the Grand Marnier <laughs> slushy. Which I'm is one of many. <laughs> yeah, one of many. It's a lot. <laughs> we have a we we probably have a drink in every uh, that's, country. That's that's a new magical meltdown shirt. For my game. Uh, it should the, be the drinks of Three Sheets Nation. Except they got rid of the shot in Norway. We would have one in every country I could think of, but Norway got rid of the fucking the Viking Ice shot. Fine. Yeah, I thought they still had it. No, nope. yeah, they still the, they still have the Aquavit. No, nope. yeah. not at that yeah. booth. No, they do not. Oh, really? Me and Shane they Nichols tried to do we it in went. April, and it was not fucking there. They had it in May. I'm telling you. Yeah. We went to it, and May. I tried to get two of they them. They are renovating. Yeah. So things are all kind of moved around a little bit. Like, the school bread you can't is not in the same spot that it used to be, so that could be could the be. reason why. But it was there when we went. Well, the guy at the eh. booth explained to me that I guess Disney doesn't like the, the fact that they're just doing shots of, like, hard liquor right there. It's country. really not it's hard, really not liquor, hard liquor, liquor, though. It's an it's aperitif. Like, yeah. it's no, like, it's 35%. It's like 18%. Per- no. no. It's not 35%. It's like 18%. It's like a cordial. It's more like a cordial. Yeah. It's like yeah. vodka. No. no. Aquavit? If we're thinking of the same one, it's the herbal 
clear well, you liquor. You can get tequila shots in in La Cava. Yeah. Right, but they said the cart. He said it was the cart. It's forty percent alcohol. It's eighty what proof. Makes a difference. Oh really? It didn't seem the eighty proof. Maybe because it was. But is this one that tastes like mint? No, it's like uh, licorice. Yeah, it tastes like, like medicine. Like, I'm thinking of yeah, like like Maybe I'm thinking of the wrong thing. But it's the booth right there where you can get the right out front of the pavilion. Uh you know where it is, Trenton? It's now at so. the Kringle Bakery. Oh, do they move it right. in there now? Yeah, they moved it inside. It's well, it's in the Kringle, but the Kringle was closed, I think. Yeah, they were they was yes. so they had the school bread in a booth. It was so weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so that's no, probably why it wasn't there. We're, I mm-hmm. promise we're not talking about Norway in this episode. <laughs> no, that's just what we've talked about. <laughs> Europe, we keep I mean, on jumping back and forth. It's all Europe. Uh, you, just, you just want Elsa, all right? That's what it comes down to. I mean, I'm not... Can I, I heard can she's I frigid. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Ice queen. She's a real ice queen. Okay. Cold bitch. She will. She will give you that side eye like nobody's business. Brings um. a whole new meaning to the word blue balls. <laughs> God. Sorry, I couldn't help myself. <laughs> no, that was perfect. Uh, but yes, the the uh, La Vente Chef de France is the place where you can get the classic Grand Marnier slushy, the Grey the Grey Goose Lemon slushy. Both are excellent. But you have Both to get excellent. it in the Giant, which is the double shot. Yeah. And it comes in the orange cup. Yeah, you get a nice glowing orange cup. You know what I wish? I wish the bottom of the fucking glass didn't fall off all the goddamn time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I fucking wish. I break that thing every time. The, the Dude, every single yeah. time. <laughs> the, well, you know, it's not like I'm going to set it down anywhere because it's gone before I can even... This is true. Well, that was the only time I noticed it. I was going to set it down and it like, starts like sliding all over the table. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And the bottom of the cup was just gone. Although the only time I did I... have to set it down was we got one and we went right over to the food and wine booth and I got my it... cheese tart. So I had to set it down to eat my cheese tart. Cheese tart was so good. Their food they were so good. I love French yes. food. It's not as good as that duck confit gnocchi with the mushroom sauce. Ooh. There's... N- oh. there's n- uh, we're getting to the food and wine booth, but I'll stop talking <laughs> now. <laughs> well, I, we'll talk more about food and wine as we get closer to food and wine. There are there are some wonderful, uh, wonderful drinks and wonderful quick service foods to be had. But there's also a place where you can go and relax and sit down and rest your feet. And it, and if you walk if you walk to the back of the pavilion, straight from the uh, from the fountain to the Palais du Cinema, you will find one of one of the only at at this time, the only attraction in the France Pavilion. Yes, that is correct, and that is Impressions de France. And I'm going to kill a whole bunch of pronunciations right now. So, <laughs> fun fact: when we go to Food and Wine and we go to the French Pavilion, I make Adam order everything. <laughs> it's awesome. He enjoys making fun of me, and then he actually he actually made me order the Legend the first time. And I just looked at the word, and I'm like, I cannot say that. <laughs> so I just went up there, and I said, can I have the double slushy, please? <laughs> and, yeah. So Tim tries to torture me a little bit, because he can he knows a little bit more French. Well, my grandmother's yeah, friend. My grandmother's from Paris. It, I, look, to Adam, Andrea Andrea fully, uh, fully feels you here, because she doesn't speak a lick of French. And I have a mild background in it. And so when we went to Paris, I was able to con- converse with people. And I had a full-on conversation with, like, a bartender and these two other people. And she's just like, ho-hum, hmm. I'll just sit here and listen. See, I understand more than I speak, 
but I'm used to getting it yelled at me by a five foot tall uh, old French lady. <laughs> what you start out in, if if you go before you actually go into the theater, and it's an actual theater with actual seats. So for those people who are actually tired and don't want to do a circle vision movie because it kind of screws with your equilibrium, this is not that. But you kind of go in and it's this nice little, like, almost looks like a French alleyway with fake storefronts and everything. And you can chill out in there. It's kind of on the dark side. It's almost like a night kind of thing. Not as themed as well as the Mexico Pavilion, but themed just enough. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a nice little place to cool off and then when you go into the theater you put, pick up a seat um, it actually is one of the only attractions that opened with park open in 1982 that hasn't been that much adjusted um, it is recognized as the Guinness Book of World Records as holding the world record for longest running daily screening of a film in the same theater really wow. yes that's pretty cool wow um the film the score is written and arranged by Buddy Barker, who has been in Disney um, most recognizable, at least recently, for 1981 Fox and the Hound. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Saddest fucking movie um, of all time. Yeah, pretty much. Um, directed by Rick Harper and co-produced by Academy Award nominee Bob Rogers. Don't know who that is. Though. And basically, it's a flyover of France. It is narrated by Claude Gobet, maybe, probably pronouncing that wrong. And you're, you're seeing a lot of scenes that you would like the Arc de Triomphe, the French Alps, Versailles, um, Cannes, Notre Dame, and Normandy. You're, and you're flying over a whole bunch of just like typical French scenery. Yeah, Chateau de... not going to pronounce this right. And Chateau de Chambord, I can say that one. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's Chambord. <laughs> For me, at least, this attraction, because I am a bit of a fan of classical music, it, this makes this movie for me. It does. And Buddy Barker, like I said, arranged the film, film score, and it was conducted the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra at Abbey Road Studios. Hmm. It was actually oh, the awesome. first digitally recorded from beginning to end on a Sony prototype digital recorder. So this is one of the first full-length well, not really full length. It's about 20 minutes. But it's the first movie that was recorded digitally from beginning to end. Totally digital. And you have some great songs. like You have Debussy, Carnival of the Animals. I mean, it, there's just a lot of classical music that you, only, that you don't even think you know. Until you actually hear it. And I cannot pronounce almost an El Claire de Lune. Yeah, Claire de Lune. I can pronounce that one. Um, again, a lot of them I cannot. Aquarium from Carnival of the Animals, which is which is also if if anyone uh, the, the beauty of this is this was actually this Aquarium uh, Carnival of the Animals was the opening credits for Beauty and the Beast. You'll recognize a lot of influences yes. throughout all the Disney movies if you just... you. 
for me, I can close my eyes and kind of skip the film because the film doesn't do it for me. It's it, the it's, music. It's, 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 it's all about the music for me here. I mean, it, it's just basically a postcard to Paris and France, which is nice because it kind of it kind of feels like a tourist film mm-hmm. where it's a tourism ad almost. But the music, you're not going to hear some... You, mm, here we go. Mysteros Allegro from the fourth movement of Symphony... Symphony? Symphony! I can't even say symphony now because <laughs> I've got so in my head about some of these words that it's not going to happen. From yeah. Symphony Number no. Three, and that's an organ symphony. There's just some beautiful music here. Now, nobody again. My uh, Maestro Allegro by Camille Saussain is not something that. you're gonna. It's not something <laughs> it's you're gonna know list. by name. But as soon as you hear, it, you're gonna be like, mm. I know that. Exactly. And actually, Buddy Barker did write some of his original music for transitions between the songs. As yes, well. he did. Yeah. So I mean that that's important to note because. It's almost seamless the way it flows. And to take all these classical pieces and mash them together, it's almost like an ode to um, Fantasia. Mm-hmm. Where the music fits what you're seeing on the screen, but it, it's not, it, it, it just, it's, it's, it's really pretty music. I listen to the soundtrack a lot. It's, uh, it's beautiful music and beautiful scenery. Really mm-hmm. is. And, it, and it, like like Adam said, this is like this is like a quintessential tourist film, where it hits all of the highlights Definitely. of of France. Not just I mean, people think of Paris and they they know you know Notre Dame and the Louvre and the Champs Elysees, but See, I things can't say that right. But when things I like aerial shots of Mont Blanc, of Chamonix, um, Mont Saint Michel. Mont Saint Michel is probably one of the <coughs> coolest castles ever why did i get this stuff with a whole bunch of stuff i can't pronounce just by <laughs> looking at it like um, near nice Villefranche? i don't know how to say it <laughs> no but th- there's so much there's so much um character in this in this film has it has everyone seen it at least once yeah, no, yeah i have nope Trenton, go hey, down and watch it just uh, one time. Don't waste my time in Epcot watching movies. <sighs> I, I can kind of see your point, but for me, it's more about the music. It's realizing that a lot of the music that Disney, that a lot of the music that's the movies have influenced or have been taken from a lot of this classical music. And you'll be able to pick out things that you would never even think, and it's mostly French composers. Is this the one where you can't sit down, too? No, no this no, is you one you can't sit. It's an actual theater. It's an actual theater. Yeah. No, this is, but this is such a beautiful film with great scenery, like um, Bugatti race cars in Cannes. Mm-hmm. And to watch, you know, uh, they, they have a scene, one of my favorite scenes is where they're going through uh, Chateau Montpropon. And that's where the bicycles are racing towards you, and they're they're. I mean, look, the Tour de France is on right now. It's going on right now. It finishes up. I actually, I think it finished up today. You uh, see, my favorite scene is the hot air balloons. But yes, I'm not the hot air balloons. Say where it's r- r- nope, not to be. See, that's funny. That. My favorite scene is when they go to the French markets and you eat the bread, yes, and the cheeses and the grapes. It's oh, all, all they need is the smell of vision at that. Yes. Point. Oh my god, they yeah. should have yeah. smell of vision like, in there. And then you're going to go running right to the patisserie after you're done mm-hmm. with this. Mm-hmm. 
but like to see things like people don't people don't realize you know the beaches of Normandy, uh, the 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 Brittany Islands, um, the cliffs you know the cliffs on Corsica. I mean, it's such a beautiful area, such beautiful scenery. They have skiing on Chamonix. Yeah. Yeah, that with an X. No. Nope. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the ski uh, Chamonix is a is a. Uh, it, it's in the French Alps. Uh, it, this valley is one of the the most affluent valleys for winter sports. You could have stopped it, it, at it, yes. Valley, because <laughs> it is one of the most affluent valleys. Period. Oh yeah, affluent valleys. Period. I mean. It, in this area, the north side, the north side of this is is Mont Blanc, which everybody knows of the mountains there. You know, for the obviously for the pens, but uh, Mont Blanc is the tallest peak in uh, France. It's it just also fun to see, like we think of France as like, especially from America, as this little nation. We think of it as Paris, but that's yeah, all that's we, we think, think of. It's sort of like saying, but when you think, it's also like saying New York. When you think of New York, you automatically think of New York City. Well, there's a lot yeah. more to New York oh, yes. than just yeah. New York City. So, like, this kind of shows you all the different sides of Paris. There's nothing that really does that well for New York, but this shows you, like, from, like, your small little villages up to that major city of Paris. Yes. And, and that's, it makes it a lot more interesting. Now, how long before this gets taken over by Euro Disney or Disneyland Paris and we have a Disneyland Paris slideshow in place of what we have is anybody's guess, especially because they're coming up on their new big renovations. Yes. Because uh, they did that in China. So, I mean, this is a this is a, a good film. Hopefully I would love to see this updated with some new digital projection film, digital 3D is, film. I want to say it's digitally projected at this point. Okay. Because it's, very, it's a very, very clean looking film. I would love we to saw see it this about in, a year or two ago. I would it's love not to see like this the in, old Soren with like the pubic hair. <laughs> yeah, um, I would love to see this in digital 3D. I really would. With smellivision, give me smellivision. With smellivision, yes. To have like, like when you go through Lyon and you go through like the Nice to smell that like lavender, the the traditional French lavender smell would be amazing. That's a good smell. I love lavender. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trent, I'm gonna I'm gonna challenge you to go do this in in September or November. You have two trips. Yeah. Just go do it. Just go do I it. Probably it's amazing. It's just it's just not something that I've ever like. We're not walking around. I'm like, man. It's go my probably years. my favorite film attraction in Epcot. Is there right, Trenton, We have reservations on Thursday, November for Chefs de France. Chefs de France. No, no. We got rid of it. Monsieur Paul. Uh, Monster Paul? Monster. No, we got rid of that too. Oh, um, the England. Oh, the Rose and Crown. Oh, Rose and Crown. So we can do it before then. Okay. There you go. Because we've never eaten at Rose and Crown. Tim and I have never eaten at Rose and Crown. You've never done the <coughs> French movie. Two right. firsts. I mean, I'm not against it. I just have never. We're walking around and it's like, do you want to do that? It's like, yeah, not really. Let's just keep going. Like, it's never been like, no, fuck that movie. You know, it's just no. I'm not. T- no, I, I can agree you're with you missing out. We've always put it off. Yeah, but you're missing out missing on out. what Epcot was supposed to be. If you miss, if you skip, and I that I cannot stand the Circle Vision movies. I'm not a fan of China one, standing China up and watching a movie and just spinning around, and it's just not my. It's not a fun thing for me. But 
I've done them because that's what originally Epcot was supposed to be. It was supposed to be more of a world's fair. It's supposed to be showcasing these cities, and that's what these movies really do, and these countries, and that's what these mo- movies really do, in my opinion. Yeah. No, that makes sense. No, it's it's a wonderful film that I think everybody needs to go see at least once. I mean, look, it's not gonna it's not gonna wow you like Soren or like Flight of Passage, but it's it's a beautiful film and it showcases a beautiful country. It's gonna say, you know what? I want to fucking go to France. Yeah, you will. And and when you're sweating out your alcohol, it's a nice, cool theater. <laughs> yes, you can say that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Uh, wonderful film. Uh, I, I hope there's some renovations to it coming soon. Maybe some updated uh, scenes. Maybe a reshoot like they did for Soren Around the World. Something like that. But until then, go check it out. Definitely, definitely go check it out. Uh, and after you finish, after you finish your time over at uh, Impressions de France, uh, you know what? It's dinner time. And what better way to dine than in the throes of uh, a Parisian bistro uh, or a fine dining, a, a French well, fine dining restaurant? Well, Chefs de France is not fine dining. It's a, no, no, it's a typical Parisian bistro. Yeah, it is a typical Parisian cafe. It's it's a single credit mm-hmm. restaurant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a Chefs, it's Chefs de France uh, was the original restaurant. One of the original restaurants in um, the French Pavilion. It was named after the sh- the three chefs de France that they got to originally run chefs de France and Bistro de Paris, which is now Monsieur Paul. Monsieur Paul. And that's Chef Paul Bocuse, Gaston Lenotre, and Roger Verguet. Well, three of the, two of those chefs are still there. No, two of the chefs are, are passed away. Or gone. Oh, two, yeah. two passed away. That's right. Monsieur Chef there. Paul Bocuse passed away earlier this year at 91. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Roger Verguet is the only one that is still alive. Uh, but Chef de France is a cafe-style restaurant. Um, typical giant windows, tables at the window. Uh, a wide variety of food from just uh, countryside French fair to a kind of a little more upscale. It's traditional, would you call it rustic French? Yeah, it's a lot more rustic than Monsieur Paul. Yeah. For sure. But you have have your cheese plates, you have um, your tomato tarts, you have a lot of duck. Yes. A lot of beef, uh, salmon. It's just typical... Regular French food, like what we would go out in a normal restaurant in America, is what they would. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get your lobster bisque. You're gonna get your soup à l'oignon. I mean, the onion soup. <clears throat> this is one of the better yeah, better places. Soup à <laughs> <laughs> l'oignon is one of my favorite things to say. I love the way it looks. I love the way it sounds. I love the way I love the way onion soup tastes. I love. It, it just sounds like, like one long run-on word to me. It was just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that. I hate onion soup. Oh my god, my grandma used to make some the best onion soup. I love every time we go anywhere, my dad would just he orders onion soup. See, but that—that's one thing I don't order anywhere because the cheese is not always the right mm. cheese. If it's got it, it's got to be Guayer. 
and, and it's most of the time it's mozzarella. Usually, at least yep. here, it's yeah, or Swiss cheese. It, it, it's typically like when you go to a restaurant, they serve it with mozzarella. So, oh, see, oh. admittedly, that's we why I don't order it anymore. In twelve years, something like that. I yeah. didn't like the first time we ate here. I, I loved my food. Oh, I love my food here. We've been but, we, we go here. We've probably been here four or five times over the years. They've since obviously revamped everything and revamped the menus since we've been here because the whole pavilion went under a refurbishment in 2012. Mm-hmm. So I'd give it another another go. Uh, the menu now looks a little bit more what I'm used to. Yeah. So I would definitely give it another go, but it's hard to beat. Monsieur Paul. Yeah, oh, no doubt, no doubt. But this is, I mean, look, some of the dishes on here, I've had the beef bourguignon. Um, it's hard to beat that. It's really, really good. Do um, they still have escargot, like the real escargot on the menu? Not here, mm-hmm. because they have it upstairs. Not here. At it's Monsieur upstairs Paul. now. Because they used to in the to. little uh, metal the, dish. The beef the bourguignon is what you can also get. Same beef bourguignon at the food and wine booth. Without the linguine, yes. obviously. I, you know what? I've, I had this with um, pappardelle. And it's the the much wider noodles. Yeah. Linguine, I think, would be a little too, bit too... Um, too skinny. Too, too small. Yeah, You need something yeah, a little meatier with beef bourguignon. Yeah. I want it over potatoes. Yeah. yeah well, that's where you get it in the food and wine booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrea's... Uh, oh, Andrea has gotten the Lyon style roasted chicken. That is so good. It is really it's good. It's got like a tomato and vinegar sauce. It's amazing. I want to say when I, I ever order chicken when I go out. Yeah, I, um, I don't ever order chicken when I'm out. See, I had the, uh, I've had the, well, at the time it was Canard à la Orange. So it's an orange duck. It's so good. That um, sounds more up my alley. But now they have it seared with uh, cherries. They have a duck breast and leg confit with the cherries and sweet potato. Which would be really good too. Not gonna lie, that sounds really good. Getting hungry. <laughs> I know. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Andrew's also had this this uh, filet de saumon with a, a champagne white wine sauce. Oh my god, that was amazing. You, I mean, you talk about some of the best fish with that sauce. Oh, it's to die for. Dude, the filet here, even just like the beef filet, is one of my favorite filets on property. Oh, with the uh, sauce au poivre? Yeah. I love I love au poivre. I love steak au poivre. So do I. But you know what? I think when we Words. ate here, the only thing they had... What's au poivre? Pepper. It, like, n- pepper. Yeah. Okay. Oh, it's a peppercorn yep, mm-hmm. sauce, peppercorn sauce yeah. right? A green, okay. green and you. black peppercorn sauce. Yeah. When we ate here, I think I had the, the strip. They had a New York strip, which was just pretty much a steak frites. Yep. Although now yes, that, I'm, I'm glad that they but used wait, 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 because yeah. this was also before Tim was That's, eating, uh, yeah, and so I would like, eat with steak and potatoes. Real food. <laughs> <laughs> and it I, had to be well. Well done. The steak had to be yeah. well done. Oh, God. I don't eat my steak and, well done yeah, anymore. Admittedly, just... I was young and stupid. Mm-hmm. I would, I, see, now, if when we went to Paris, if you go to Paris, we will you, ask for your, Paris. To you, Paris. you ask for your steak, they don't even ask how you, how you want it no. done. They, they, will, they will not care. Nope. It will come medium rare. Dude, French restaurant I yeah, worked at here food. in America, we didn't ask people they want their fucking steak cooked. There's no other way. They don't do it. Steak. The only time I ask how to get something prepared 
is if it's wild game because I have I always uh, but I oh, and then again I owe it whatever the chef recommends that's how I want to cook. Yeah, with wild game, just uh, assume always more rare than you would eat something else. Mm, but, but I know nothing. But I am glad that they I have re- revamped the menu for the steak frites uh, to use flat iron steak because that is the more traditional. That hanger steak is a, tri- a typical yeah. French steak. Yeah, they used to be a New York strip. Yeah. But the, it's a great menu and, and great wines too, and and not a huge upcharge on the wines either if you get them by the bottles. I mean, again, you're talking a thirty dollar bottle of wine for the table for for two of you. Great, yes, great value. Anywhere from six bucks a glass to fourteen dollars a glass to thirty dollars a bottle to one hundred twenty-five dollars a bottle. So. I, I would highly recommend this to anyone who wants to try French food if you've never tried French food. It's a great entry. I hope everyone's tried French food, to be honest. Oh, me. I, I love, love French, French food, too. Oh, it's the best. I love food. Which brings us to the creme de la creme, Monsieur Paul. Monsieur Paul. I know what that means, the cream of the cream. <laughs> <laughs> Monsieur Paul was it was revamped in 2012. It used to be a Bistro de Paris, and they changed it over. They redecorated. It is still Art Nouveau, but it's more heavily influenced by Chef Paul Bocuse. He hasn't run it in a long time. Obviously, he's, this year he passed away. His son Jerome is actually in charge. That's awesome. Of the restaurant. This is probably one of my top... Definitely one of my top five. Maybe one of my top three restaurants on property. Mm-hmm. It's actually shares the the back lobby to Chefs de France. Same bathroom, right? No. Yes. No. Well, no, they have an up... The only right. bathroom is in Monsieur Paul. It's, it's decorated in the Art Nouveau style... The wrought iron railings, the dark burgundies, the golds, some royal greens, uh, dark wood, the paneling, and the, the wood around the windows is all white and nice and crisp. Beautiful restaurant. It's kind of deceiving. It looks small and intimate, but it is actually really large. The center of the restaurant, you have your wait station, which they share the kitchen with. Chefs of France and all the food comes from downstairs. They have a, a dumb waiter system that they bring all the food up. It is a one of the signature restaurants in Disney. One of my favorite appetizers on Disney property is the carrot soup. The ginger it's carrot back. soup here. I know. Well, it's seasonal. Yeah, it's seasonal. So it comes it, and it it's, goes. It's usually in the spring and then in the fall they have vichyssoise. Uh, which I've had the vichyssoise here also, and it is good as well. But that is uh, the ginger carrot soup is amazing. Carrot soup is highly underrated. Yeah. I've actually found a copycat recipe, and I make it every fall. Please share. Mm-hmm. I it's really, it's good. really good. I will share it once the fall comes. I will share it because it's definitely a fall. or or just bring it here. I could. I could <laughs> just make it at my fucking house. <laughs> Here's your Ziploc baggie of soup. Here's oh, your yeah. carrot soup, sir. <laughs> Ziploc baggie of soup. Oh, come on. You've seen that commercial. Yeah. <laughs> now, sure now this, is, this is the more adventurous French. This is, this is 
French haute, uh, haute cuisine. In modern French. Modern French. In modern French. It's yeah. extremely modern. I'm actually looking at the menu now, and they redid it again. Mm-hmm. This is one of those menus a, that's constantly changing. And it's seasonal. It's very seasonal. It's extremely seasonal. So one of the things... So, so Andrew and I, um, this weekend, we actually, uh, yesterday, celebrated... Uh, Eleven years since we've been engaged, so we we're actually oh, coming up on our we're we're coming up on our anniversary. We're coming up on our ten year anniversary this January, and we have planned our trip to. Uh, you know, we we kind of said, okay, where do you want to go for your ten year anniversary? And we threw out the usual places. Oh, you know, we'll go back to the Caribbean. We'll go to Europe. At the end of the day, we want to go to Disney, and we're gonna do all of the places that we don't get to go with kids. The high, the high cuisine, the the haute cuisine, and this is this is an absolute must do for us. We are mm-hmm. definitely doing Absolutely. this. We have been dying to do this since 2014, when really 2013 when it came out, and you know by that time we we had we already had Ethan around. This is a must do, and it's a, where you get a little adventurous. And I think I'm gonna get the frog legs. Frog legs are delicious, dude. See. Adam gets really adventurous when he goes here. I don't. I, I, I get adventurous when I go anywhere. Yeah, I do too. I'm I'm the one who freaks out people when I order things. Like when I when I've we had in... the whole I've had the whole fish already at um, Tiffins, Tiffins, Tiffins. I've eaten the what was the wild boar, which was oh, oh so and you had the, and you had the so elk, good. and I had the elk. wild boar was I, delicious. I, if it, if it. My thing is, I'm going someplace. I'm on vacation. This is stuff I cannot yeah. get in Pennsylvania. I agree. I'm never gonna if if I'll be mad at myself if at least don't try it. I mean, in Paris, I tried everything that was adventurous: escargot, uh, escargot. beef tartare. Um, eh. with, oh, it depends on how th- it has to be super thinly sliced, or else it no, no, this top. was like chopped and then stewed with like mixed with an egg. Ooh. Oh, it was so good. It was amazing. I wish they would have this here because it's it beef tartare in France is basically like really really finely chopped steak and then they mix they basically put a a raw egg on top and then mix it all together. That's beef tartare everywhere, Scott. Not everywhere. Carpaccio carpaccio is not like that. I've had it thinly sliced. No, in some places I've just it's just thinly sliced and that's it. It's not no, yeah. no, no I, that's more like my That's carpaccio. But, but they call it tartare. They call it tartare. Yeah. Oh, I've never. I've heard it called carpaccio. When it was carpaccio, but no. Uh, but no, that it was. It was amazing, and and I love to try adventurous things. And this is an adventurous restaurant. It can be. It can. Be. It can be, but well, any. Yeah. I'll find. I'll find my go-to's, and I'll get them every time. Now let me. I choose something. I always have to wait to hear what the specials are, and I know yeah. you don't order specials, but I always want to hear it anyway, just to see what it is. Now, Trent, have you been here yet? Uh, Monster Paul? Yeah. No. I want to. I'm so it looking forward to this. Definitely a must do. We've been here like three times. You got to We try always eat trips to France. And I even, like, um, you know, I think Josh Wozni ate here on my recommendation just because of. I was like, dude, everyone always talks about it. It's fucking awesome. You're going to love it. Um, and he said he loved it. It's so, an amazing restaurant. Um, it's one that we normally go to Chefs de France just to save money. But. I don't know. From what it sounds like to me, it's a totally different level and type of cuisine. It is. And different is. atmosphere. And they had... <laughs> we almost bought a foamer because we had foam. 
one of the dishes. It was <laughs> just the carrot it got soup really comes ridiculous. with a foam, and I was like, I, I I have to recreate this carrot soup. And one of my customers is a restaurant supply store, and they sell foamers. And I almost bought a hundred dollar foamer just so I can one hundred percent replicate this soup. But you could get so much use out of the foamer. I know. And I, oh I just, my god, they they don't work that good. It's they don't. Yeah, because I still have I have a bread maker. <laughs> I've got a fondue pot dying on yet. top of my and fridge. I know. We we bought a fondue pot. Where I think we've used it like four times. Ooh, never used it. Never years. used it. It's, it's still, still the in the box. Do well, we no, get to sit around in an orange couch with a shag carpet? Fit it in the island, <laughs> but it's still wrapped in this original plastic. But this place also has one of my all-time favorite desserts, and that's the milk chocolate sphere. Oh, God. And that's a chocolate is, almond is this, cake with praline. Is this the one where they, they, they pour, like, the Armagnac? The hot. On it? The hot um, cognac yes. sauce. Yeah. Yeah. And they melt the sphere on top, and it, oh, this thing is so good. <laughs> is it so good? So good. So moist. <laughs> Damn, I want to go to Epcot right now. <laughs> I'm so hungry right now. It's ridiculous. <sighs> See the one thing that lo- like stands out in my mind, and and the one thing that I say is quintessentially France is like caramelized apples with shortbread, yeah. and that uh, Lavarine palm caramel. Oh my god, that looks amazing! Green apple sorbet, caramelized apples, yeah, shortbread. Every time we go to my grandmother's house, that's what we had for dessert. I know that is that is just good stick to your ribs French country. So funny story about Monsieur Paul. When you, when you first walk in, they have a little lobby, and they have the, the uh, hostess stand right by the door, and behind them is the stairs to go upstairs to Monsieur Paul, and then to the left is into Chefs of France. So I think we had a really early reservation the last time we went, so it wasn't open yet, so we got there a little early, we, we sat down, and we just, we're just bullshitting, and... Uh, a father and son walks in. And they're from the flyover states to say it, you know. You could say the Midwest. Midwest I'm not going to be offended. South Midwest. So in Is it the Ohio? Deepest, no, it's just he had, he had a <laughs> not deep Ohio. southern droll. I'm so from South probably, Carolina. I'm used to everyone being from fucking Ohio. He might have been from Mississippi or Louisiana or Texas because he had a deep southern drawl. And uh. he had asked the hostess where the bathroom was. And she told him there was no bathroom here. It was only for the restaurant. She says, okay, I mean, the, the kid obviously had to go to the bathroom so bad. So they left. And in French, to the other hostess there, she was making fun of this guy and his kid. And I, like I said before, I understand more than I speak and I understand every word she said. So I just shot her this look. Like, really? Like, what the fuck? You know? That's not cool. And then she just immediately just stopped. She just immediately, she, yeah, cowered down. And that was like the only... And I'm just sitting there, what's going on? I don't understand. <laughs> and that was the only time that I experienced, in the French Pavilion, I experienced that stereotypical French rudeness is what people call it. Because everywhere else in, in the Pavilion, people are so kind and they're so nice and they're so friendly. But that was the only time... I mean, granted, they were young girls. They were probably... 20, 21 years old, they were probably from Paris. And probably typical young girls anywhere. Yeah, no, I mean, look. The, it, but she I didn't expect anybody that. to understand what she was saying to her friend that was sitting in that room at the time. 
Yeah, it's look. The French people are a they're an egg. You gotta you gotta crack that shell to get to the soft inside. This kind of sounds like she was just a bitch, Scott. Well, that that. Oh please! If you've ever worked in a service industry and haven't bashed a customer that came into your place of employment, yeah. I will call you a liar to your face. <laughs> but don't call them. Oh, I'm going to. Don't sit. call them eggs. They're just assholes. <laughs> no, that's true. Uh, but no, Monster Paul and Chefs France are wonderful restaurants. That uh, that if you haven't tried, definitely at least try one of them because they're great food. Um, Chefs de France is not. Not too pricey. It's a typical uh, one dining credit price range, right? Yeah. And they actually have a, a prefix menu where you can choose a appetizer, entree, dessert, and I think it's only about f- what fifty bucks, something like that, forty-five. Like well, Monsieur Paul yeah. also has a prefix menu. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, they do. It's probably a lot more. It's like ninety-five dollars. Well, it's a seven seven course. It is. It is, it's and it's well meal. worth it. <laughs> uh, but both of them are, are really good. And again, and again, when you're talking about the level of cuisine that you get, so Chef uh, Monster Paul is probably on par um, with Tiffin's, with California Grill, with I mean, I'm price range, price range, yeah, and well, yeah, food quality. It's a, no, I want to say it was a little less. Probably is a and little some less. of that. Well, but, it was. Listen, it's definitely less than California Grill. Yes, yeah, but. In my opinion, the food quality is a lot better at Monsieur Paul than... I agree with that. Exactly, and that's where I was going. There's a lot more care taken in that food, just in presentation alone. You could tell Jerome, Chef Jerome really wants to carry on his father's legacy, and probably the legacy of the other two chefs as well, because their names are still on the wall outside. Mm-hmm. Just all three the of them. Side. Yeah, all three of them are still outside. It's a it's it's a great it's a great place, definitely. Uh, it's it's one I am most looking forward to on this uh, this January trip, to to finally go there and finally um, finally taste what uh, what you guys have been uh, just admiring and just telling me is the best food, one of the best restaurants on property. And I want to say we years, get the same table now? every time we go, which is or close the enough. First to window it. table when you first come into the restaurant. And there's some beautiful views of World Showcase Lagoon up yeah. there. Most definitely. Lots of so, people watching. Uh, not lost on the French Pavilion is some live entertainment. Now, unfortunately, the France Pavilion has not had any live entertainment until about 2010, which is when Serveur Amusement uh, came to be. And this is in France, which is which I find interesting because in in Paris. Street performers are everywhere. Everywhere. You cannot walk the, you cannot walk 50 feet without finding some street performer, some st- live the biggest thing they had there in 2011 when we went in 2007 when I went was the living statue thing. The living statues are everywhere. Yeah, those were fucking everywhere when I was in They're France. They're still everywhere. They are. Though. It's a big thing. Uh so, but but one of the other things is these like acrobatic jugglers, and so in 2010 the France Pavilion debuted Sever Amusant, which is a um, it's a typical French French street performer where there's a guy dressed up as a chef and a guy dressed up as a wine steward, and they do some fun acts. They get some crowd involvement, 
where they juggle some wine bottles and then all of a sudden they start building the, this tower of chairs on top of wine bottles on top of a table. And it gets probably, what, 20 feet up in the air? Yeah, easily. Yeah, I would say so. Three chairs stacked on top of each other. And the wine steward climbs those and performs acrobatic stunts like handstands. Um, And then they bring out this, this is the best part. They bring out this giant bottle of champagne that's probably like four or five feet tall. Throw that on top of the chairs and the waiter does a handstand on top of it. It's amazing. It really is a pretty incredible feat of physical strength. Now, the one downside is the guy that's portraying the chef and that damn whistle. Oh, my God. <laughs> Especially if you have a hangover, that noise just cuts right through your head. Holy oh, crap. I remember my that. God. Noise. I always have a hangover in that <laughs> If you get here for one of the afternoon shows, so they start at, they start at 12.15, they end at 4.30. If you get one of, here, one of the shows in, like, the afternoon and you've been drinking, that whistle is piercing. It is so annoying, uh, but but it is a fun show. It's not one you need to plan for. If you're walking through through the streets of uh, the French Pavilion, stop and take a look for a few minutes. It's really cool. It's only about uh, fifteen to twenty minute long uh, performance, but it's it's a great it's a great feat of, of physical strength. I mean, I can't imagine doing anything like that. That guy's got to be ridiculously strong. Oh, absolutely. And coordinated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have, have you, you guys have stopped and watched it, right? Yeah. 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 Trenton, how about you? <sighs> That's a no. If I say no again, I mean, I, I just, like I said, I haven't walked around this pavilion a lot. I'm starting to think you're German and you just blitzed through the France pavilion. <laughs> oh, like God. <laughs> you did not just say that. That was fucking. That was really bad. I was gonna try to that was really off and, and keep it more bad. Yeah. Everyone, just, mm, that was a well placed mm. joke, but poor taste. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. Little little history lesson there for the for the listeners. It would have been even funnier if you would have said Blitzkrieg. Um, no, man. We I mean we we eat here, we drink here. I just I don't like I said I don't walk around. I don't shop for any of that shit. No, it, it, look, stop by, stop by and check it out. It, again, it's not something you need to plan for it, not something you need to make sure you're standing in line for. If you're walking through there at the, at the time that it's happening, just stop and, and drink your Grand Marnier slushie, but get out of there before the uh, the whistle annoys the shit out of you. It's the whistle and the drums. Oh, yeah, the drums in Japan. But the drums are great. Yes. Well, yeah, but after the... Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, we found out My heart the drums in Japan sound eerily similar to the drums in Africa. Well, we were trying yeah. to find our friend the last trip. But at least the drums in Japan are coordinated by actual musicians well, as opposed to five-year-old kids. Well, this is very true. Uh, but apart from Chevrolet Mouzon, uh, there's also uh, there's also some characters you can meet and greet. Belle is available on a regular basis in her um, provincial d- village dress over on the World Showcase side of the lagoon uh, on, in the French Pavilion. Princess Aurora. So now, this interests Mikey because Mikey's wife Stephanie is dying to meet Aurora, which I find amazing because I think she's readily available at all the parks. Just underappreciated. Yeah, I want to say she's one of the only ones that, except for except for Animal Kingdom, she's readily available at every single park. 
Because if he's not in, she's in, not in, Hollywood, in Studios. Hollywood Studios, if you, if you do the uh, as much, if you do the character Palooza, yeah. yeah. Well, you well, can, the character Palooza is yeah. hit or miss because you never know what's going to happen. But in but in uh, Magic Kingdom and Epcot, she is readily available at all times. She's on the right mm-hmm. side of the pavilion, the far right side over by the gazebo, um, along that little park that I was talking about that uh, is uh, reminiscent of the Surat painting. Um, you can also find from time to time Marie from Aristocats because yes, Aristocats take place in France. France. Which well, she's—it's mm-hmm. Marie is very rare. Wants you know what? Be a cat. Yeah. I want—I want to talk a little bit about that movie. <laughs> I think that movie is highly underrated. Yes. Because oh, without a doubt, Marie Chevalier does the uh, does the title track to that. Which pet's address is the finest in Paris? Which pets possess the longest pedigree? Which pets get to sleep on velvet mats? Naturellement, the aristocats. Which pets are blessed with love the that. fairest I love that song. forms? And, and everybody wants to be a cat is one of my favorite songs. Um, Marie is so, here. You can you can also meet Beast from time to time. He is sometimes available with Belle. Do they not do the mime anymore? No, no. The mimes in the the mime you're thinking of is actually over in Italy. Well, mimes are pretty busy. There's a mime in the French pavilion, too. Mimes are scary. Yeah. No, it's it's in Italy. Yeah, there's a mime in Italy. Also terrifying, no Mm -hmm. matter which country. Mimes are terrifying, period. Yeah. No, this is... Except for the mime from Rapunzel. He's not terrifying. (laughs) Which you can find on your Disney cruise there, Tim and Adam. No, I can't wait. Can't wait. I'm dying to go to the Snuggly Duckling. That is what... This whole cruise... That is what I'm waiting for, is to go to the Snuggy Duckling. The France Pavilion is a is a great pavilion to just get lost in. Have a drink, have a glass of wine. Glass of wine, grab it, stand by the Seine, uh, you know, the faux Seine. A glass of wine, a grandma's slushy, some food. And watch watch Illuminations, because there's, there's some wonderful viewing areas mm. right alongside that, uh, that lagoon. And probably fact, one we, of the best photo spots in Epcot is the fountain. The pump. Yeah, the fountain. Mm-hmm. We've got several pictures from that fountain. Oh, yes. Yeah. Always a picture in front of the fountain because, again, you know, the the forced perspective where the fountain kind of like angles backwards yeah. towards the right Palais d'Arts. Eiffel Tower. The, the Eiffel Tower. One it's, of the pictures great... were actually holding Palmicki mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of the fountain. That's a blast from the past. Yeah. Uh, so, does anyone have any uh, fun tips that you would recommend to do, or things that you must see, or things that you must do in the French Pavilion? Definitely drink one of those slushies if you've never had one. That's one of the top three sheets. Oh drinks. yeah. I mean, I know we we gush over it constantly, and it's probably not a big secret or tip, but I mean, if you but sit you on the what? fence about it, that's one drink that I have to have with a straw. I don't know why. But I have to have a that drink with a straw. If it's, I don't, if it's got a floater, you have to, because if not, you just suck all the liquor. Well, no, I st- I stir it with a straw. But I don't know if I've never not had it with a straw. With the whole yeah, getting rid of the regular phasing out the straw the thing, you think they're gonna add a paper straw to that drink? Or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but you'll I get a paper straw. Because they get soggy, especially if you wet the wet wet, oh, wet lip them. Stephanie's Stephanie's brother would like gag. If he got a paper straw when we were at Disney a couple years ago. I hate paper straws. I hate paper straws. That's all it. you're getting now. I know. Well, I guarantee you that they will sell reusable 
hard plastic straws that you can buy in the gift shops. I guarantee they you. already do. It forget about they already do. The crazy straws. No, the they're gonna be regular. They're gonna be regular straight plastic straws, and then you can get bobbles that you can attach to them like a fucking magic band. What about all the other plastic shit that they have? Yep. Oh, yeah. By the way, Splash Mountain just got sponsored by Ziploc. You know what those were made out of, motherfuckers? Plastic. Plastic. (laughs) Disney's already going this way. So if you go to Le Vente de de France, you can can get uh, your wine in these, like, plastic cups. They're, you know, thermoplastic cups. They're molded. They're going to break. Or, for $5... Or for this wine, the uh, the walk around the world with wine, you can get a a acrylic wine glass that you can take with you and refill for no discount. Refill at all these wine shops that the bottom won't fall off of. That the bottom won't fall off of. <laughs> now, if you could do that with the Grand Marnier slushy, that you could take from the Grand Marnier slushy oh, over awesome. to <laughs> Chosa de Margarita and fill that up repeatedly. I'm in on that. Mm-hmm. I would just walk back and forth the whole. I time. know, right? <laughs> <laughs> you, you're gonna walk off your alcohol. <laughs> hey, I'll be shit faced in like three hours. I'll be fine. <laughs> it's it's the uh, it's the Mexico France shuttle run. There you go. You take a friendship boat. There you go. <laughs> uh, but no, awesome place. There's a um, there's an Epcot uh, passport now. There used to be called Kidcots. Uh, Epcot passport there. Uh, they, the kids can decorate a uh, their it's Duffy still Bear. Mm-hmm. I think they're passports now. Well, you get the you passport, get... but it is still yeah. called the KitKat Center. It's still a passport, and you get the staff. Yeah. But they're, I think they're still called KitKat locations. What I would have to say for a hint is try. I mean, if you can't get a reservation or you don't want to sit down, try at least. I would try at least. I think almost everything on the France menu at the um, specialty events, like the food and wine or the um, Flower and Garden Festival, there ha- it, it's really one of the one booths that I can honestly say there really hasn't been a miss for me. No, hundred percent. I get the beef bourguignon with the potatoes the escar- every time. The escargot and the croissant. See, that's the one that I can pass on because it's escargot cause... is not. Traditional the escargot. Snail in a blanket? Yeah. Yeah, snail in a blanket. <laughs> it's not even, but it's just, there's not enough, for me, there's not enough escargot in it. It, it yeah, is only like two pieces croissant. of escargot. Yeah, it's, it, it's, 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 it's okay. I've had it because I get but, a craving for it, but. But they had that, they had that onion and tomato tart <gasps> that was oh, that to is die so for. Good. The onion and brie tart is amazing. Yes. Now, this was yes. a, a topic that I just recorded an episode of Whistling Disney with Brant and Sidney Burke before the show. Shameless plug. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm plugging it for them. Go, go, go listen to that show. It's fantastic. Um, they have a it great is time. absolutely. But, um, they asked me what my one favorite bite of food that I've ever had on property was. And the only thing I could think of besides when I would get some truffle mac and cheese on my fork and then get some filet at Gico was the uh, the duck confit here at the uh, food and... I'm pretty sure it was food and wine booth. Food and wine. It was food and wine. Oh my god, the duck confit gnocchi? Holy shit. During Flower and Garden, the go-to drink is the La Vie en Rose. Oh, the frosé? Yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, it, listen, no, it's not the frosé. Fr- no, it's not a frosé. No, it's not, uh, the, it's not it's that Saint, one. That it's one's Saint super Germain sweet. liqueur. It's the Flower liqueur. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, creme de violet. Mm-hmm. It's it's That's a very else. light, very refreshing palate cleansing drink. Yeah, I haven't. Like I said, I really haven't had a miss on the food in their booth. I mean, I'm trying to think like if there was something that I really didn't like what? from them, and it hasn't been yet. So yeah, the the Le Vion Rose cocktail is uh, is an Epcot Flower and Garden Festival specialty. It is Grey Goose L'Orange. So it's orange vodka which one of my with Saint Germain liqueur, which is an elderberry liqueur, and then it has cranberry juice and white cranberry juice to give it that color. It's I'd yummy. I'd give that a try. That's it's really good. yummy. I might make that. It's a frozen drink, so you, you, you have to get a puree ice. ice. <laughs> 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 Whatever. <laughs> you guys said that in harmony. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of scary. I <laughs> set yourself up for that one. <laughs> Pureed ice, also known as a slushy. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, no the, the 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 specialty menus. We've talked about them in the past uh, when we talked about going down for our trip. I think that's episode eleven. Uh, go back to episode eleven. We talk about the, some of the stuff that we're going to eat at Flower and Garden back in two thousand sixteen or seventeen. And then um, some great stuff in uh, in the food and wine when you guys went down in October. Oh, yeah. So go back I and check out those episodes. Uh, great past episodes where you can learn a little bit about the uh, the flower and garden food and wine me- uh, menus. We'll talk about them as we come up to food and wine. We're only, what, a month away? Two weeks away. From yeah, the- almost exactly. Two we- no, well, two it- weeks away. It's August 15th. Is it start the 15th? Yeah, it's August, August 15th yeah, August this year. I, that was August 14th. Do, do we have other menus out no. there? No. And it's very late. It's, it is it's very, very late. late. They're, running, they're running short here. The booths are up. They, they, they're installing the booths, and we don't have menus yet. Wonderful food here during food and wine. During just every period of the year. I mean, again, this is not a place you're going to go hungry. No. If, no. if no, you're going to pick one not. pavilion to plop yourself down in for an entire trip. This, you couldn't go wrong. Yeah, I agree with that. So do I. So, this is the one um, pavilion we have to eat at, whether it's food and wine or a restaurant, we have to eat at almost every trip. Absolutely. I, it's, it's just really good. Really good. It's also one of the only booths that we order everything off of the menu food-wise. Yeah. Yeah, um, I I recommend just going there, grabbing a glass of wine from Le, uh, Le Vent de France, and just sitting down at a table. There's a couple of tables outside some of the shops. Just sit down and, and enjoy the ambiance of Paris. Just in, uh, just honestly, take 20 minutes, sit down, and just imagine yourself in Paris in springtime, and enjoy it. Enjoy. Now, now I want that. Now I want that tart du fromage. Oh. I want that fucking onion tart so bad. I am so hungry right now. I can't even begin to tell you my stomach's growling. If this episode doesn't make the listeners hungry, I don't know what will. Ugh. Making me fucking hungry. It's making me hungry. I I recommend that everybody, everybody at some point go down to the French Pavilion and just check it out. Just walk around. Look at this. Look at the architecture. Look at the styles. I mean, it, it is. There's so much quintessential Paris here, from the uh, Art Nouveau, the Art Deco, to the you know the farmhouse style. There's a there's even a Norman tower that round uh, that round stone tower that is um, typical of Normandy and Brittany in 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 France. 
it's a wonderfully designed pavilion with some great architecture, some great food, some great drinks, and some great ambiance. Um, Mikey talked about it uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were talking about the World Cup. The French, the French cast members there are wonderful. Hanging out with the guests, checking out the score, watching their team win. It's the only time that, that France ever wins anything. Um, well, they don't win at war. <laughs> they don't win wars, uh, but but it's a great place to just go and check out some of the some of the ambiance. Let's real quick talk about the future because we haven't touched upon that. The future of the French is bright. Rat is coming. The Ratatouille is coming, and I, I dare say this is, is this is going to be a wonderful plus to the film. And from what I've seen from the ride at Disneyland Paris, I'm, if they replicate it even ninety percent. I'm okay with it. If they do it 50%, this is going to be an outstanding addition to, to World Showcase. But you know what's so the funny? thing that... Go ahead, Adam. I think they're missing so much, though, is the restaurant at the end. Yeah. Yes, yes. But I, no, I guarantee you, because for a time, they did the Ratatouille thing at Chefs de France. No, but it, it's a whole theming thing. No, they Adam's might, right. In, yeah, the in chairs Paris, are like garbage and stuff? They they they're like spools they might, and... Essentially, that you're shrunk down to the size of a rat, and Remy is cooking yeah. for you in a rat in a in a rat restaurant. So you get there, and your table is like a spool of thread, like a a, th- a spool a thread spool. Just France may get a redo to that. Could be. We don't very know. well could be. But I don't. But the ride, the attraction in Paris actually empties out. Well, into the. I restaurant. will say there is plenty of room after the show building between. That and the street for them to have another restaurant. Well, we know they're not afraid to put another restaurant in. Japan has four fucking restaurants. Are they going they to? Do. Yeah, but they're well, all three. But the Japan restaurant. Wait, but j- the Japan restaurants are all run by the same company. Could right? you see? Could you see a quick service restaurant added here where you can get your food and then take it to a table where you're sitting on like a thimble? Yeah, I could. I can see that easier. I could see that than another sit down. I'm excited for this. I, I think so am I. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but Ratatouille is one of my favorite Pixar movies. It's cute. It's, it's really cute. cute. The I'm a big fan of Patton Oswalt, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy this movie. I love it. I love the I love the interaction between Linguini and Remy. Um, so the one thing I'm really excited about this ride for is that all the people that bitch about Frozen how the, oh they're adding too many IPs but now everyone's like oh no this is fine though it's like because well the reason why everybody was pissed off about Frozen is because Arendelle doesn't fucking exist who yes. cares I, I care uh, I do because this is not what Epcot was based about the, Paris exists Paris France is a real area that's where this movie takes place Arendelle does not exist anywhere Except in a movie. It would be like... and Trent, it would be like putting a Sleeping Beauty ride in the France Pavilion. Yes, Sleeping Beauty is a French-themed uh, story. But it doesn't take place in France. Right. It it's, doesn't. But it's the, the story is from France. The story is from France, but right. it doesn't take place in France. But it doesn't France. take place... It's a kingdom. It doesn't make sense. Yes, it's a kingdom. Exactly. It's, it's a fairy tale yes. kingdom. And that's what that's what Arendelle is. It's a fairy tale kingdom. It's like it's like Agrabah. Agrabah doesn't exist in real life. But would but would would you it's want a, a suggestion. right? Would you want a 
I could see them doing this eventually and putting an Aladdin-themed ride in Morocco. Would you cannot ask me if I want an Agrabah ride, because, yes, sign me I up. I want to ride on a fucking magic carpet. Right, but not Morocco, but because Morocco... Saying. Morocco... First of all, Agrabah is more like Iran-Iraq. Yes. And this is not correct. Morocco. Morocco is no. North African. Do you have a problem with Aladdin being in Morocco? I kind of do. It's not... First yeah, of all, it doesn't make sense there. Aladdin doesn't take place in Africa. Morocco's in North Africa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a hunt. You're right. Okay, right. I do I have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with with Aladdin being in Adventureland. That's what I see. Because that's where he is in Disneyland. It makes sense. Yeah. It, a first one ride makes Which, more sense in a fairy tale land. Yeah. It doesn't make mm-hmm. sense in a yeah. real world situation. I think the I think the future looks bright for the French Pavilion with the addition of Ratatouille. I think it's going to be a wonderful attraction that's going to showcase just that little bit, that little different side of Paris. Everybody wants to be a cat Because the cat's the only cat Who knows where it's at When playing jazz you always get a welcome mat Because everybody digs a swing so I want to thank you guys all for joining us this week on Three Sheets of Mouse. If you enjoyed the show, go over to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. It's one of the best ways to help grow the show is to to subscribe, but not only that, to review, because the more reviews we get, the more people will see what you guys think is a great show. I know we have a wonderful following. We have a, a wonderful listenership. The Sheeters are awesome people. So go rate and review. It's the best way for others to find the show, to help grow the show, and and just to help uh, help promote the show. And that's something you can do as a sheeter. But if you want to follow us on Instagram, we're over there at Three Sheets Podcast. Uh, we're on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, if you're in the parks, make sure you tag us on Instagram. Use the hashtag Three Sheets Nation. Um, tag us on the you know type in at Three Sheets Podcast. We're gonna we're gonna get a notification. We're gonna like your photo uh, because anytime our sheeters are in the parks, it's a fun time. As we get into uh, to the latter parts of uh, of this awesome month coming up from October to November, Three Sheets Nation is going to be in Disney on the Disney cruise. It's gonna be a fun time, and there's some great stuff going on at Magical Meltdown. I know Tim and Adam just got a haul of shirts. We just did, yeah. I was gonna say there's been a lot of people buying shirts lately. Yeah, Lots of drunk shopping is bad. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's all I'm gonna Which say about we, that. We learned they've stepped up their game, and T Public has up their shipping schedule. We got our shirts in less than a week for us. For us, Thank shockingly. Thank God. No, I think because it didn't go FedEx. I think I got mine in like. a few days like six days yeah it was like a week almost a week yeah, yeah. well we ordered how many shirts nine nine shirts nine. and we got them in less than a week in about a week Nuff. Nuff. uh no they, they've it's done a great job yes Nuff is nine yes. in French um no they've done a great job they're they've they've upped their game they're they're much better at getting the product out quicker. So, you know, if you want to go order some of the awesome shirts over there, uh, the Get Fuzzy t-shirt is uh, awesome. Trent, uh, Trent, you like that, don't you? It's my favorite shirt. I'm not going to say why it's my favorite shirt, but you can figure it out probably. You're such we- an Anton ego. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, I don't we, each lo- buy, we each buy in one. I don't we, like we this shirt. One. I love it. Uh, no, there's some great shirts out there. Uh, the Rivera Tequila is a popular one right now. Uh, the Emotional Support Pineapple is up there. 
so, uh, the Get Fuzzy one. I've I've renamed Mikey's cousin Joe shirt to the Bro Rody. The Bro Rody. The Bro Rody. The Brody. <laughs> and I I am determined to get my Bro Rody shirt signed. Well, you know what? There's a good possibility. There is. I have that luck. We have that luck. You do. You do. But go over there to magical www.themagicalmeltdown.com. Check out the glassware. Check out the flasks. The Glen Cairn glasses. Um, I'm drinking my, my I'm drinking my French wine tonight out of a three sheets wine glass, a stemless wine glass. It's it's a good solid glass with an awesome logo. And I dare say that if you go over to themagicalmeltdown.com, check out the T Public page and get the get the three sheets Gracie Manor one because. At some point, all five of us are going to be wearing that at Disney World this mm-hmm. trip. Well, you can only order in black in the regular shirt. There is there is a second shirt with a color option. Um, but it has the white outline. It has the white outline, yes. You could order it in purple. I'd say it would probably look really good in purple. It would. The purple Heather. Yeah. We're going to have to actually coordinate our outfits now. We, so might. Well, we will because Scott. I've already been asked... <laughs> Which day will we all be wearing that shirt? We, we might have to. We might have to all wear it at some point. A super, a super sheeter has asked me that question. Already. You know, I'm really good at fucking that kind of thing up, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> Just so y'all know. We well, guys also have to buy the the uh, shirt from the poly. You guys have to get the. I have it. Oh shit! I don't have it. I've got the Trader Sam shirt. Tim doesn't have it. I don't have the. I don't have any Hawaiian shirts actually. What? I brought that before it was a thing. Yes. So <laughs> You're you such know. a fucking hipster. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are the hipsters. Go check out the uh, the lineup there. Great shirts. Go buy some. Uh, if you're going to be down in November, make sure you have a full a full lineup for the trip because if you don't have two shirts per day, you might not be doing it right. You got to have like a wardrobe change, you know, a morning shirt and an afternoon shirt. I only have to do it because I sweat like a fucking hog, so I have to change mm-hmm. my shirt. Yeah. And, you and have a those of us that are running are going to have to change probably triple time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but No, I can't go back to the room too many times after I run out. I'm going to fall asleep. If you really want to interact with us, go over to the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash three sheets, or just search three sheets, the mouse in the Facebook search bar. That's where you can become part of the three sheets nation. Uh, over there, you're gonna find shenanigans beyond your wildest imagination. It's like, it's like you know that scene in Willy Wonka when they all open it up to the chocolate factory. No, it's kind of like it, no, what that's like. no. It's a scene in Willy Wonka when they go into the fucking tunnel. Yeah, <laughs> Willy Wonka is going nuts. <laughs> that is what yeah. Three Nation is like. Don't yeah, lie. actually, yeah, that's probably right. Yeah, if you're on fucking mushrooms. <laughs> well, you know, well, have you been around us on a Thursday night? With this group, you never know. <laughs> have you seen the group on Friday nights? Mm. Is this thing on? <laughs> but but this is where you can become part of Three Sheets Nation. It is a wonderful time. Go over there, ask to join, answer the questions, and we're going to let you in. Uh, if you invite someone to become part of Three Sheets Nation, make sure you tell them, text them, Facebook message them, say, hey, look, I invited you. Make sure you answer these questions because uh, otherwise they're not going to let you in and you're not going to be as cool as I am. Yeah, because that's hard. Well, I'm saying that in, in this perspective <laughs> of the person inviting Sorry, you. Sorry, we haven't ripped on you a lot tonight. I was just trying to pick. No, I know. I feel I feel like <laughs> I feel like one of the cool kids now. <laughs> not with those raccoon eyes. Uh, oh, yeah, I was shit. at the pool. 
Yeah, you could tell. It's really bad. The hair's flat, the eyes. You've got to take the Ray-Bans off when you're... I, yeah, look, I had my Ray-Bans on. My hair is... My hair's a little lighter today than it normally is. You look like a tomato. It looks almost red. It looks like you're a gingy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, just wanted to give a shout-out before we leave. Um, you know, we, we, we get to be a part of a lot of people's lives on the group. Um, and recently, there was a live video and some posts about uh, Michael Fernandez of our Miami Mafia getting married. So I think we all wanted to say congratulations on that. Congrats. Um, Toast. Yeah. Slancha. Yeah. Slancha. Uh, yeah, we're glad to be a part of everyone's life in that sense. Um we love seeing all your posts, all your drinks. Is there a typical French toast that either one of you can do real quick? For oh, her? God. Sante. So, yeah, Sante. Sante. Yeah. It's the same thing as Slancha. What they said. Cheers. L'chaim. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, but no, we love seeing all your all your Facebook posts. And that stuff like that definitely definitely touches us that you want that aspect of your life to be shared with us so i wanted to make sure we we gave him a, a mention yeah i don't you know I, look michael fernandez has been a long time listener um i don't know any any french wedding toast but the one toast that i know that that i know works for every wedding is uh michael to you and your lovely bride, may the road rise up to meet you. May the wind ever be at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face, and may the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. So congratulations tonight uh, to you and your bride. May many, many years of happiness in front of you. Congrats. Slancha. Prost. But if you want to go hang out with us, uh, hang out with us over there at, at the Facebook group. It's a lot of fun. If you have friends that love Disney, make sure you invite them and, and tell them to answer the questions. Uh, so, tonight, as we as we finish up this wonderful tour of the France Pavilion, let's real quick... Dare we say Tour de France? The Tour de France. For once, I'm going to give some closing remarks and say, having been to Paris, I love this pavilion. It is beautiful. It reaches a part of my heart that I don't get to reach into on a normal basis because there's not a lot of French stuff around New Jersey uh, that I miss growing up in St. Louis. St. Louis is a French town. This is Which a, this would be St. Louis. St. Louis. It, it is a wonderful way to, to visit France without actually going to France. And I recommend that if, if anyone does like the pavilion, take the time to go to Paris. It is a beautiful city. Take the time to go outside of Paris. France is a wonderful country. So, Adam, what about you? Well, eventually I will make it to Paris. But until I make it to Paris, we spoke a lot about food and wine. So, you know what? I'm going to run that right into our meetup. Thursday the 1st is our first official, unofficial event of this meetup. And that's November 1st. Uh, and that's going to be for the Wine and Dine Half. And for those of you who are down there, we will be actually trying to get through food and wine together as a decent-sized group. So Thursday the 1st, we will be trying to hit up with those who are down there some booths at the Food and Wine Festival. I think we should start at the France Pavilion. I think it's fitting. And we could all start with the orange slushy and get that done. Oh, yeah. Friday the 2nd is going to be the 5K meetup in the evening time. We're looking at possibly the wave for that meetup. Saturday is going to be the Whispering Canyon Cafe Dinner. 
and that's approximately at 5. Saturday, Sunday's the half with the after party at Epcot. Monday's Beer Garden. And Tuesday is our special giveaway event. So if you haven't signed up, get your donations in. Um, announcements for that will be coming October 1st. Some important dates for those of you who are going down and want to keep track of this stuff. August 27th through the 29th is going to be the final round of reservations check. That means if you have a reservation for either one of the events that are coming up, I'm going to be putting out a post. Make sure that you respond back to me so that I know you're still going. Um, The standby list is slowly filling up, so there are people who want those spots if you are not able to make it. September 2nd is for Fast Pass reservations for those arising for those arriving November 1st. September 3rd is Fast Pass reservation for those arriving on the 2nd. And October 1st is our giveaway winner's announcement. If you want to go back and check out the uh, details of that contest, go back to the June 23rd quickie. It's on your iTunes. It's on your Pod Podbean. It's on your Stitcher. Uh, it's the June 23rd quickie where we talk about a contest that you can finagle your way into an awesome awesome bourbon tasting at top of the world lounge or some awesome gift packs that in, that have exclusive three sheets merchandise that you will not find on magical meltdown in this prize package so go over there check that out check out that show download it uh listen to it and you'll find all the details on how you can go and donate to uh to give kids the world so go check that out uh, we'll link the, I'll link the show in the notes so you can quickly link to it and find that show um, when you listen to this show. Uh, Adam, your experience in the France Pavilion. A lot of good drinks, a lot of good food. Yep. Enough said. <laughs> yeah. And a decent, in a good movie with good music, and a good movie with decent music, with really good music, really good classical music. Yeah. The whole pavilion has great music. I know you're an audiophile like myself. Yes. And I love that, like, French cafe music on the ambiance on the outside. It, it, it's hard to hear, especially lately because of the all the food and wine and, like, the constant festivals. It's getting harder and harder to hear a lot of the background music in the pavilion because it's always so busy. Yeah. But, but definitely take time to walk through and relax. Find that little nook because there are a few nooks in that area where you can just sit down, relax, take it in for a little bit, and then move on. Yeah, absolutely. Trenton. What's up? What's your favorite, like, what's your favorite little nook in the France Pavilion? I actually like the tables over to the, if you're looking at Chefs de France over to the left, there's, like, some wrought iron tables over there. Um, yes. No one ever sits there. It's, we sat and had breakfast there one, one morning. It's just super weird. Like, there's never, there's always a table open there. Yeah, which is weird because in every other pavilion you have to get an, an Epcot table, which is a trash can. But France has but France has cafe tables. tables everywhere. Yeah. But the reason why though is don't forget they have the crate place that's yeah. open year round. But they also where a lot of these th- smaller pavilions like you don't have a Canadian booth that serves food year round. You don't have a Mexican pavilion that serves food year and, round. And they can put a lot of tables against the wall that is that separates World Showcase Lagoon from Crescent Lake. It's um, so they, yeah. All the a lot of the tables are against that. Mm-hmm. That that picnic Stone area. Wall, almost, yeah. almost a, it's almost like a little picnic area. So Tim, uh, a, as a as a fellow francophile, dis-moi combien tu aimes la France. When we, when we used 
decide which topic we're going to do. It's like a whole week or multiple weeks process. When this came up, I was all about this because one of the most favorite people ever in my life is my great grandmother Julianne. I will I will post a picture that I shared with the guys earlier today. Um, my great grandmother was straight off the boat from Paris. She was a, a French ballet dancer, um, and and I remember every Sunday we would go to her house. She used to live on uh, right in Long Island, right across the street from Belmont Racetrack. And every Sunday we would go to her house. And my grandmother was one of these ladies where the kids ruled everything. Whenever my parents would try to stop us from having fun or discipline us for anything, my, my grandmother, she was all of maybe five foot tall. And she was one of those ladies, you see them in the movies, you see them in the cartoons, she'd have a cigarette in the, the cigarette holder, the long... Like Edna Mode? Like Edna Mode, like Glenn Close in um, 101 Dimensions, the long holder, and she'd be in her house coat, and she'd like, leave them alone. They're babies. They can do whatever they want. And every Sunday, we'd, we'd go to her house, and we were... We could do whatever we wanted. And to this... But if you acted up, if you acted a fool... She'd be the first one to crack the whip. Yeah, I mean those those kind of people never leave your lives. They never they don't they never go away and, and they impart that sense of like like you said, you've never been to France, but she imparted that love for the country, that love for French cuisine, French food, French French everything. The French language. And you know, those kind of people are very special. So uh, you know Every everyone has a story. France has a story, and we encourage you to go check out that story behind the scenes at the at the French Pavilion. So, uh, I will say from all of us here at Three Shits Mouse, I want to thank you for making our show part of your Disney life. Uh, this has been a wonderful show. So, thank you for your time this time, and until next time, so long for just a while. <laughs> <laughs>